It's Friday, May 28th, and this is the Tech Breakfast Podcast, brought to you by Aaron Bewley, Russ Cantwell, and Tyler Gates. And it's Financial Friday. We're going to bring you tech news, and we're going to hot drop some hot takes. And John Nicholson is joining us today. How are you doing today, guys? Glorious. Well, John has the wrong hat on, and it disappoints me. Nope. Bright hat. That's the right hat. Oh, there we go. Wrong that hat. feels much better to me. Take that off. If we're going to talk finance on a Friday, I need a hat that is appropriate to be sitting on a yacht while I'm looking I, at, you know, okay, fair enough. on my phone. That's like, a strong point. But we're in Texas <clears throat> and a Stetson, a black one at that. What says like oil baron wealth more? Mm. Your yacht? Ball cap or your black Stetson? Damn. Well, since it's come on, man. you know, it's before <laughs> Labor Day, I can still wear a white hat, but you know, whatever. Isn't isn't it kind of always before Labor Day? It's like when you're after. Uh, Labor and Day, I know and we've had a lot of. One I, I don't know the rules, man. I don't. I don't know the rules about any of that. No, not at all. Uh, that's that's ridiculous. It's a but circle. We're, like it just keeps happening. I I don't know. I just oh, it's after Labor Day. Last year, that's still that's is that your that's is that your what point? I'm thinking, you know, it's like <laughs> I there's like always it. another Labor Day coming, so it's like you're <laughs> before the next one. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that explains a lot about your dress code. Uh, well, kidding. yeah, well, my, my dress code um, is uh, not managed well at all. I'm not. I'm not good at it. We do have a today in tech history <gasps> because drop it, bring it. We started later because it's Financial Friday, and we we like to keep John happy. Um, it's true, it, and this is this is so appropriate. So I don't know if anyone saw, but uh, John recently, I think, released a blog post uh, comparing something to not being peanut butter. It was probably some audacious request. <laughs> I love this had blog made post about something, and he's like, "No, <laughs> VSAN does not support peanut butter or whatever it might be." Yeah, so it, I work in tech marketing, and I can I can write official technical documentation. Believe it or not, there's no change control. I can just post. <laughs> things without proofing so if you see a typo call me out on twitter i'll fix it but uh, i still maintain a personal blog and when i consistently get some requests that are like uh i need to you know that are super grown worthy i'll uh eventually be like man the the sarcasm is going to be so strongly dripping i can't put this on an official corporate website so that's what my personal blog's for um well, it seems there, there's some other stuff like i've got a good i've got a good blog on compensation that's like an all-time you know og but i've seen that um, one Solid yeah. work. No. Uh, and this this peanut butter post is is worth the read, by the way. It's a great one. Well, it turns out that uh, the person who runs this day in tech history, who is, is usually just a little bit late to the game for us, but today right on time, <laughs> uh, is, uh, <clears throat> is also a fan of telling us what things are not peanut butter. And, it said uh-huh. that, uh, and I'm just going to say this word the correct way, just so we're clear. I'm going to go ahead and specify this up front. <laughs> GIF is not peanut butter. So just so that we've gotten that one out of the way, May 28th, 1987. Uh, great year, by the way. I might add my, my birth year. CompuServe releases the graphics interchange format. GIF. As it's, as well, it's CompuServe was the first place. Yeah, no, I guess CompuServe. that makes sense. Yeah, Back in that day, well, okay, I was, you know, two or three i was three years old at that time but uh shortly thereafter i was i was on eWorld. i was never a copy surf person but i actually got more into bbs's just because you know text-based fast interface well uh what you wouldn't have done is seen uh any form of uh 
real usage of this at the time because due to color limitations, the GIF format is uh, unsuitable for reproducing any form of color photographs. Uh, but it was well suited for more simple images such as graphics or logos with solid areas of color. Uh, so this was, uh, I, I didn't know that it actually had this much history all the way back to, to 87. But that's good to know. We've learned something today. And thank you for the GIF. Uh, I, anytime someone says GIF, I'm just going to think of peanut butter. That's why it's he says it is not peanut butter because it is GIF. So I Tim, agree. Tim Davis does point out in, in chat history. that it's graphics, not graphics, though. So uh, I think he's it. agreeing with you. Yeah, he is. Let, let, which let's is not weird. That. I, so I, I don't know how I, now. Now I'm actually questioning it because Tim and I are not built to agree with each That's other. That's true. So now That's I'm just true. Sort of, this is rough. It's a good thing he doesn't have a voice. He'd start, true. He'd start he just, poking. He just has to type. <laughs> no voice for you today, Tim. Very good. Well, uh, do we have any any news we want to start start with, or do you want to go straight to earnings? I know Dell had themselves some solid. Solid earnings. See, I'll talk about Dell earnings. Um, I try to, you know, they, yeah, they was strong. Um, also, you know, I'd like to say driven partly by VMware since there's still that roll up relationship for now okay. and how the reporting works. Um, no surprise. What I thought was really wild was the uh, PC division was uh, 20%, and the operating income for that group was up 84%. So that tells me people are buying um, better computers. Like not only are there is there you know the post post PC era, people are still buying plenty of PCs. Right. But that eighty four percent on the operating income, I suspect you're seeing larger orders of better. People are realizing that having the crappy nose webcam or buying the low end Inspiron, you know, pieces of junk, um, not getting it done. No offense to our laptop overlords. They're, they're not going to get it done. People, people want the good stuff. They want XPSs. They want... I also wonder if there's an element of buy what was available and you could get in a certain amount of time. And yeah, yeah so let's just manufacture the expensive stuff. Let's allocate <laughs> our limited part supply hey, chain. If, if your supply chain only supports so many units, you better make the premium ones. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of the deal with cars right now. Is if there's only so many, you know, there's only so many chipsets to go around. Let's, yeah, you walk into a Toyota dealership, they're like, "Oh, we have our Lexuses today." I'm sorry, <laughs> like, if right. you need a car. Yeah, no, it definitely seemed to work out. No, I saw something when I saw the earnings just report posted that it, or at least uh, someone had, had had looked over it, had mentioned that it was the the best earnings period in Dell's history. So I thought that was uh, wow. That was a pretty strong statement to make. You think you think Gelsinger was just like, yeah, bring it. <laughs> Pat's like, wait and see what Intel does, bruh. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was a pretty strong strong statement for them to make. So good good for Dell. Uh, you know, it seems like things are going going well for him over there. And I and I and I must say that our business also with Dell has been good. So I'm not I'm not surprised actually to see that the uh, the numbers correlated pretty well. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. What other ones? I'm, do I'm we curious have out to there? see what growth, especially for you know companies like Dell that that have a, I would I would argue is kind of a a boon for PC sales that maybe was unexpected. What that looks like? How do you sustain that as as things kind of get back to normal? Um, right. Uh, it'll be it'll be kind of neat to see it, right? It'll be interesting to I see mean, what the sales targets are. Uh, yeah, exactly. This, what are sure. their internal expectations for how this is going to play out? 
Yeah, because it it's, it's always tough to see slippage there. But I, I think it'd be hard to stand there and say that yes, this is normal. We well, what were the? Did, I don't think they raised forecast, so that would really be mm. the determinant. True, uh, I, I did. See, I didn't see I it. Think, I think Zane raised forecast on VMware's side, mm-hmm. but well, you two better get uh, to work. Eat it on it. <laughs> but no, that, what that's else how you always just general financial for the listeners. If you're trying to figure out whether it was just, you know, deals got pulled forward, so to speak, into this quarter versus later. Um, if they maintain the forecast, <clears throat> that means we just pulled deals in early versus if they if they have a, if you have a beat and a raise that tells you that, you know, trends are actually changing in a positive way. And that's where the, the stocks really go up. Stocks always go up hey, over time. I don't know, Tyler. Like my first big warning sign on the finance world is I saw uh, an ad for um, million-dollar home loans, zero uh, percent oh, down, and I was like, "What? Yeah, Where? Sign me up! Where?" It was in Arlington, uh, Virginia. I'm going right to Arlington, and I was like, Jeez. "You know, it wasn't zero percent down." I thought we stopped that. I didn't. I this this feels like history repeating. I mean, low I mean, rates is got, one thing. Got, no money got down. Yikes. You've already got a ninety-seven. You've already got ninety-seven loans in California where it's you know three percent. Listen, risk Jeez. isn't a thing anymore. We don't worry about Sec- it. We'll just print no, it. but we did this. We played nine. this game before. No, like, I don't think you know what you're oh, talking about. I don't think we've geez. ever played this before. There's definitely no historical events or, that have that have happened around <laughs> this in the relatively recent history. Yeah. Oh my no, gosh. The, uh, the the ad zero down mortgages on homes up to a million. And oh my gosh. Big tagline that says because your family needs more space. So, um, because your family needs a lifetime of debt, <laughs> that's the parenthetical. It's leverage. Uh, I mean, I mean, to hey, be fair, look. I actually like a lifetime of debt uh, from yes, a financial perspective. Have, but zero down on a million dollar home, it's not. It's not that that's universally bad. There are there are people and financial situations where that is just a gift, right? But the problem is is that there are lots of financial situations where that is a trap. Yep. And that's how you get disaster. Because a lot of people don't know it's a trap that shouldn't be looking at these things. And they're going to do it anyways because it looks on paper like it's affordable now. Yeah, if you can pull that at 3% interest, levered money, you know. Yeah. Hey, you go more power to you. And, and to be Absolutely. fair, that's Arlington, Vir- I think that's Arlington, Virginia is where this was, which everything around D.C. only goes up. Yeah, matter. this is true. That, that's actually one of the most recession-proof areas. But the the other thing here is we're still not to ninja loans, if you remember those. So no income, no job. Approval. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a friend who did that for uh, terrible. He, he did that for a bank. And I was like, so what happened? He's like, oh, we got raided by the you know FDIC. They seized our assets. So I think Tim um, appropriately labeled this in the chat wow. as YOLO. Yes. Yep. Yo- YOLO, YOLO housing loans. edition. Yeah, that's, that's it is. Right. It is YOLO. We, what, what cracks me up about that is that it's it's YOLO housing edition, but that I thought we fixed. Like I didn't think it was legally possible to get back into this bucket, but we're in the bucket. It I feel like the United States and humans are just like it's a cat. If it if it fits, it sits. Like, oh, I know how to create another financial catastrophe. Let's do it. <laughs> and they found this wiggle room somewhere to get around the fact that we tried to prevent this from happening. 
Well, I, you're going to alternate loss. between the approvals are too easy. Approvals are too easy. It's driving valuations insane versus, oh, my God, no one can oh, afford man. housing and everyone's stuck as a renter. And, you know, right. you, you just you just ping, 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 ping back pong. and forth yeah. between those two points. So my uh, goodness, that's, that's my potential. OK, the economy may be overheating um, <laughs> notification. <laughs> was seeing that. Like oh, we, we wow. might be overheating just a wee bit. I mean, we talk about inflation, the, the <clears throat> supposed, what was it? Month over month last month was 4% or something, but there's a million false starts on inflation and like, and calling lumber, you know, which is cyclical in demand. And, yeah. There, well, but there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going to, I'm having this conversation actually a lot with my parents because uh, DFW for sure is one of those areas that's just on fire when it yeah. comes to housing and prices. Absolutely. And, ultra competitive bids, uh, you know, think 48 showings or 70 showings uh, in, in 48 hours, you know, 20 offers, half of them cash, you know, just insanity is going on. Pe- in the people DFW are having Metroplex. to set limits on offers. Like there's actually like guidance from different realtors saying, okay, what we're going to do is you're going to, you're going to list on Thursday and on Sunday, we will stop taking offers. That's it. That's like, their plan. Full stop. Yep. Right. It's crazy. But the, the question crazy. is like, is this insanity sustainable? No, would be the answer long term. But what changes it? Is it rates go up so access to effectively free money is is not there anymore, right? Or is it uh, supply somehow takes off or finally catches up because that takes a long time, right? Building new homes or having that is is there a significant contribution to the lack of supply? Uh, tied up in like the moratoriums on um, evictions, as an example. How many foreclosures haven't been acted on in the last year because of the the global pandemic? And when do these all these little pieces of the puzzle free up? And does it cause a major correction, a minor correction, or does it just level out? Like, there's so many unknowns about whether or not you know this is this is going to perpetuate for any amount of time. If, if that's a year because supply can't catch up, if it's five years, if it's 10 years, if these valuations are just the new normal, <laughs> is this is this an indication of long-term uh, inflation? So much of that just seems to be, I, I think I've read an article that blames the current housing price escalation on every one of those factors independently, at least one. And it they, they read exactly like the market's going to crash tomorrow too. So it's like they're just placing bets and if they get a hit, then they're going to claim victory. But really, no one has any idea. Surely, Bitcoin fixes all this, right? I mean, all of it. Yeah, for sure. That's, Definitely. That's, this and it's on sale. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike housing. So, so if we're going to shift to Bitcoin. <laughs> I really don't want to go down the crypto rabbit hole, but I've seen an article that is annoying me greatly. It's talking Please about bring how it up. Te- the Tesla article saying that because oh, Tesla no. holds Bitcoin on its books, um, investors are going to feel the pain of it being down. This is absolute <clears throat> hor- horse poop. That's a bad is, take. It is, is a bad like, take. What do they have? Like 1.5 billion of, of Bitcoin on their books. Their market probably 1.4 now because they, they sold 100 million. <laughs> yeah, this is not a material amount no. of money in the value of Tesla. No. Um, th- this reminds me almost as bad as... Um, Oh, what was it? Chamath, like one of his one of his VC guys, like talking to someone about stock prices and not realizing the stock price is just the number of outstanding shares divided by the market cap. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, no, this was an actual VC. Which comes up a lot, by the way. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you well, missed it. You shared that thread with me. It cracked me up. I'm like, how do you miss? And all of the responses were there like, I am concerned about who you are and how you <laughs> represent yourself if you don't understand this. <laughs> yeah, no, it was one, one of Chama's guys. I was like, what, what what's happening here? But no, this is this is really when I see articles like this, I'm like, we're at maximum clickbait. Like for <laughs> Because I have to click on it. It's like a moth to a flame, but I also have to go, you know, put in Tesla market cap and be like, okay. Uh, as a general rule, if something is, you know, less than 5%, it's less less than 5% of the valuation of a company, um, or it's less than 5% of revenue or 3% of revenue, it is immaterial, which means one, you can just talk freely about it. Like, Musk can just say, <laughs> tell people, yeah, Whatever I've sold it. I haven't sold it because it doesn't really matter in the right, grand scheme right. of things. It shouldn't sustainably move the stock price, except that the price of Tesla has no bearing on valuations, anyways. So who cares? No, no bearing just, in reality whatsoever. It's just all based a off bunch of tweets. Hype. That's yeah, all, exactly. That's all they're based off of. 100%. So okay, we've we've given Tesla more free PR than they deserve. Let's move on, uh, <clears throat> especially for a company who refuses to hire a PR department. So. I don't I don't know that I can actually allow you to move off of of crypto at the moment because there actually is an article about GameStop building an NFT platform over yes. Ethereum. I saw this. This is this is great because I I don't know what purpose it serves at all other than totally anchoring in the hype. Which let's give it to GameStop. They went from borderline completely irrelevant to meme stock of the decade and now they're hopping on the nft train like they're killing it it's double downing on the hype you're 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 jumping on the crypto train and your own train of (laughs) hype this is what they're doing and good it's brilliant yes absolutely it feels very tesla like there too right like i i just give me your clicks give me your eyeballs none of this makes sense but i'm on i'm along for the ride I mean, this is what happens. This is like the modern day revolution here. Like the proletariat has seized the means of video game distribution. <laughs> and what did they do with it? They turned it into a meme company. So, yes, no. yes, I mean, Marx is probably rolling in his grave in Highgate Cemetery right now. Like, this isn't not like this. Not like this. <laughs> yeah. When he's when he said the philosophers have, you know, only interpreted the world so many ways. The point, however, is to change it. He did not mean that. But, you know, here we are. So. They're sticking it to the man, and this is how. It's it's amazing. It comes yeah, from... So insane. what it says here is what happened. It says, the video game retailer has seemingly launched a new web portal for the NFT platform and invited engineers, designers, gamers, marketers, and community leaders to join a team it is building. And basically says, uh, why it matters is the launch of the new NFT portal confirms speculations from April that GameStop may be venturing into the field of cryptocurrencies and NFTs. Let's be honest. This is the real reason why their stock is, has gone up. It's definitely not Clearly. unexplainable. Shares of the struggling brick-and-mortar retailer are seeing continued interest from retail investors amid expectations that its adoption of a digital business model will be successful. And in other words... Uh, from oh our great, great leader, uh, DFV, I like the stock. I like the stock. And AMC, my goodness, that's another fun one. Um, a- AMC, is. similarly in a terrible position for uh, obvious reasons as a brick-and-mortar theater company, uh, went from you know 
at probably the brink of bankruptcy to meme status. And now there's uh, the crazy short attacking that's happening again. It was very, uh, very feel, similar to DME. I feel very actually. good about it. I am, I'm up double on my AMC hey, at the oh. moment. Uh, and, and I feel good about the, the movie theater industry, which is the complete reason why I have, I have uh, decided to. He likes the stock. I like the he stock. He likes so the stock. I, I think actually the positive thing on the movie theater industry, and I'm trying to avoid discussing AM, you know, AMC just as a meme stock, but the, the <laughs> sure. one area where I feel positive is if you look at the revenues, Disney needs movies to, like, they oh, absolutely. absolutely, their entire financial model is dependent on movie theaters still existing. That yeah. is where the real revenue is. We can talk about <clears> streaming. <throat> streaming revenues are crap compared to movie theater. It's not even close. It's, yep. Yeah, it's, it's not even a joke. Amazon buying into MGM, the, uh, that's yeah, big. they bought it for the back catalog, but they now have franchise rights to James Bond going yep. forward. They have Stargate going forward. Um, they've got the you know they've got all kinds of crazy stuff. It, it probably I, also gives them a lot more. Um, I don't know, relevancy, relevancy is the wrong word, but basically they they now have a better supply chain for negotiating where where big money can happen, right? So these Amazon Prime originals are now also going to be peddled more directly to theaters when that becomes more more broad. Like th- I think there's a lot more to that acquisition than than just, you know, the the IP if you will, right? Yeah, no, that's that's pretty fair. It's it is interesting because the studios never really got into a true vertical integration style. Like I was always kind of shocked that Disney just didn't outright own some theaters or I guess they didn't, they used to no th- one theater though, produced enough movies or, or did that. But I think that was the problem. You'd have to have the blockbuster every week for that to work out for you. And you don't. Right. I so feel like we well, would have, I, mean, I think Disney may have enough production to do that at some point, but maybe I, well, I would think that I, I could see something like that happen. Like the true vertical uh, integration where you've got Disney owned theaters. If, um, if they found a way to make the theater experience approachable enough financially that they could do TV shows and get regular weekly viewership, because I I feel like the TV side of that is absolutely critical for regular viewership of a single studio. Right. You know, I would, I I would go to a theater to watch game of Thrones. Like sure. It's gotta be those real high production value shows that are. Yeah. That's a good point. Even the this final isn't must see TV stuff. This is stuff. No, like that. no, no, no. They should have. They should have just not done that. That would Slash have waited, to video waited for him to finish his books, which I know they can't do because you know actors age, and apparently he's never going to finish the damn books. But uh, get to it, George R. R. Martin. How many R's is this? Like eight. What I what I would say, uh, what my concern would be about the uh, the vertical integration there. Uh, one, it, it annoys me at least half the time with almost anything. Two, uh, I, I'd be concerned that we'd end up with the same issue we have with streaming services today. It's like I have fifteen different theaters that only Ugh. show things from Disney and from HBO and from JohnNicholson.com and well, and it, it would only work in major markets because if you're in a small enough market. You, know, you can't do that at all. If you're in That's Pearsaw, true. Texas. You got one theater. It's got one screen, and it kind of it works some days. You know, right? <laughs> That's the thing. But that but that brings up a really good point. If the model is sustainable, even in large markets, you'd expect it to see at least try it out once in a while, right? The, like, the challenge is, is is this is the same challenge that honestly, like we in the in the software industry have, is if you marry yourself to one distribution channel, you 
you anger all the other distribution channels and yeah, you're not going to get as good of terms. You're not going to get volume with them. Mm-hmm. And so Disney's got, a, I guess, to be fair, they've got a pretty sweet deal right now that I heard that basically the theaters make no money on like Star Wars or top Oof. grade, like top, top Disney movies. I've heard outside of concessions. Yeah, basically, you're getting like 50 cents a ticket or something. Jeez. Um, like even worse than normal. And they're, that's they're, awful. Made, they're and normally it's like on a staggered. So the more weeks it runs, the more revenue. The and that's why in. popcorn costs. I was going to say, dollars. why do you think the popcorn's so expensive? That is the reason. But, it's <laughs> but I've heard that experience. Disney really turned the screws on uh, when they on some of the Star Wars stuff and that that was actually causing some theaters to just balk and refuse to carry it and try to push back. But um so one That's of the crazy. strengths of large theater chains is they hold enough clout to say, look, they can they can go up against the mouse. Um, well, see, that's that's really curious, though, too, because those kinds of that statement, what you just said, was probably very, very true. Now, those theaters are in a terrible place financially because of <clears throat> things completely outside of their control. I, I wonder if we're going to see some <clears throat> topsy turviness in those uh, those instances. Because as much as Disney relies on those theaters to go make Mad Bank on their IP, they obviously have a much better position right now. They've got a lot more negotiating leverage than your your theater chains do. All right. So moving off the mouse and entertainment, let's go to oil. Ooh, what you got? What's going on in oil? Um, activist investors. Really? I, I missed this. Go order. on. Educate us. Let me find the article here. Uh, Exxon. Um, basically, people pushing for environmental concerns, uh, climate campaigners. Uh, they have managed to oust at least two um, directors at Exxon. Wow. Wow. Which, yeah, you know, tracker. XOM. Yeah, I just found it. Um, you would expect that oil company boards would be held up of people who, you know, the International Energy Agency just towards the status quo. They've been around since the beginning of time and they think they'll be around till the end of time. Um, and yeah, you actually, you know, you, you've got activists showing up in the board saying that these companies need to take a more um, proactive towards clean energy or decarbonization. So mm. Um, well, that's interesting because I thought they were already doing that too. Sure. Obviously, not as fast as uh, investors wanted. Because I mean, I've seen that. I guess it was BP that was in the in the news. <clears throat> uh, that's probably six months ago now. But they they said that they've massively reduced oil explore, exploration teams, and they they're basically finally starting to tout some of the green energy sources. And that just means that they've already you know, shifted focus to some extent. They think it's safe to to champion those causes now. So, I mean, honestly, I've seen, you know, Exxon and people run ad- what people have called greenwashing ads where they just run <laughs> ads. They're like, look, we can do solar cells too. Yeah. It's 0.001. And then I talk to people at like who work in R&D there and they're like, yeah, it's 0.001%. You know, if you go back, like, this was <laughs> but we're doing it. years ago. But I mean, the, the challenge for them like is, that. though, is you also want to f- avoid falling into the conglomerate trap. And so to, to, to fully defend, even if you believe that we've got to you know, clean up the Environmental Act and oil companies need to change their tune, the problem is, is what are they going to buy? What are they going to reallocate mm-hmm. capital to? If you go back 10, 15 years, there's a hell of a lot of failed solar companies. There's a hell yeah. of a lot of... And, and, and it's not that I don't think solar long-term is going to do no, well. No, no, that's normal. Is the, consolidation right is... One? 
very yeah. real. Well, but that's the, the thing about that is that if you're ExxonMobil or BP or any of the, the mega oil corps, it almost doesn't matter which one you buy. You can prop no, you it wait. up. You wait till someone's actually <laughs> successful and goes somewhere. And the, the other challenge here again, is... You can, you can afford to buy the winner too. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and to a Very certain degree, so. I've seen some of the oil companies. So they've divested of... Um, They've divested of upstream, so they've divested on exploration, and they're instead focusing more on downstream and even on downstream. So that's your your what you do with the oil upstream, you know, upstreams where you mm-hmm. get it, downstreams where you turn it into something. They're focusing on more on like, hey, let's focus on plastics or or you know, advanced feedstocks. Let's let's avoid uh, like the actual refinery that makes gas and the bad stuff and jet fuel. Let's let's dump that on someone else, some foreign interest. So you have seen some of that. The other challenge is, is if you're in an industry that's been around for 100 years and as a pivot, um, I'll pick on Kodak here. Let's look at that transformation. So if you go back to the end of the era of film and the shift to digital, you had two companies. You had Kodak and you had Fujifilm, right? Yep. Um, they both had very different reactions. Now, you would naturally think you should lean in, you know, like Apple, you should lean in, disrupt yourself. That's what Kodak actually did. They got into digital cameras. They had decent, they had 60% market share at one point. Uh, the challenge is digital cameras do not have the same margin as processing film or making right. it. It was a crap market. Uh, and it eventually got destroyed by cell phones. So who cares? Right. Uh, that's why Kodak is dead because they actually leaned in and they tried to take the evolutionary step um, that would have, you know, in disruptive steps. So if people say, oh, well, they should just lean into wind or, or solar, I would argue solar. Yeah, not because wholeheartedly. American solar companies, I mean, they barely got saved by some some tariffs. Um, most of the, the solar productions overseas, China dumps it on the market really cheap. Yep. So that actually would have been a terrible place to go. And so avoiding that was technically the best fiduciary duty. But going back to the, the film, look at Fujifilm. So Fujifilm looked at their patents and said, you know what? We're good at imaging. We can do some other stuff. Let's go get into medical imaging and do some other weird stuff. They're doing quite well. I think they do some uh, some like because of the film stuff, they do some drug manufacturing. They do all kinds of weird stuff. So sometimes just slowly, instead of pivoting to the logical conclusion of your market, sometimes just hanging around forever and then just going and doing something completely different makes more sense. Mm. I think what's yeah, interesting my, about this uh, the, this part on oil <clears throat> is uh, I'm looking at the CNN business article, which is the one I pulled up when I Googled it. It said, for the first time in modern history, America's largest oil company faced a credible challenge from an activist investor. Uh and and basically what it's saying here is is that they got two, but they were targeting four. So there's two oh, more wow. people on that board who need to keep their head sweating. on a swivel <laughs> <laughs> because they're they're really looking for more. So they, they didn't get all of what they wanted, but they basically that it says the hedge fund sought to oust four directors at the company's annual shareholder meeting. And they, they garnered up enough support from the shareholders obviously to get the two. So it's uh it's interesting that this is the first time ever that this is this has happened when so. you know who's driving this is uh blackrock i mean everyone uh, forgets the index funds hold the majority of the equity do. of yep. the fortune 500 yep and historically they sit around and there's been a good argument made that it's bad for competitiveness because if you sit on all the company's boards you don't want them to spend capital actively competing them you want them just to slowly let each other form monopolies and so and, and and there's actually been some accusations that you know this is like a bad step, but BlackRock is is saying you know what we're actually going to because you know the index funds they compete on low fees, so you don't want to have much overhead. But they're starting to invest and actually disrupt stuff. So I don't know. Maybe I should go move my um uh my index holdings into into um 
iShares, which is, I think their product, right? <laughs> so uh, maybe you should uh, move your shares into. I have been pwned. It's actually not true. It's not a thing. It's not something you can do. So don't, don't do it. You can't buy that. Yeah, but uh, I have been pwned. Went open source. I thought that was an interesting thing. I don't know it is cool. why it ended up doing it, and it's not obviously related to financials. But I wanted to put it out there because one, I have been pwned is incredibly valuable. Uh, yes. I, I would I would suggest if someone hasn't done it, you go check it out and just see. And if you, you're not using you a track. password manager, please start using a password start manager. It. Uh, it's it's actually a very big thing, especially to protect protect your financial accounts. Yeah, yeah. Curl mm-hmm. trailed it back mm-hmm. to financial aspects. Nice. In two factor, I trust in. Russell. In two factor, I trust. Uh, yeah, especially <laughs> over text message. That's the that's the SMS truest. <laughs> hey, why don't we why don't we have our banks switch to actually using some other form, but no financial entity Gosh. uses anything other than SMS-based no. two-factor. I know. What's the deal with that? Clients, it's what we have to live with, Russell. God, so. uh. it's awful. I hate it. I just give me the option. Let I mean, you can make the default SMS if you want. Bank That's of America fine. will let you use a physical token, um, like it's nineteen ninety. Eight, so yeah, that you did, that didn't make me feel better, John. I don't know if that's no, what you were didn't. going for. <laughs> yeah, that's, I looked Thanks, into this I recently. I was like, what are my other options? It's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 bad. I I also actually looked into it recently, uh, and it was just incredibly disappointed because I was just going through updating some just better security posture in general, and I was just very disappointed that like literally there was there was nothing. The options are terrible. I, I still get mad because I'll go into certain financial institutions and even your <laughs> password complexity is limited. It's like, why? Yep. Why would you tell me I can't use certain oh, characters? So why would you limit the bank, length of my I know the backstory on that one? Everything, all the tra- all the authentication still occasionally bounces through this random like Solaris two box. Oh no! Late. <laughs> 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 You can tell me offline which one that one is, and I'll make sure to. Avoid. There's an old, oh, there's an old Z series divest. that they can't get the LPAR upgraded on. Oh like, gosh! Yeah, oh jeez. Well, I, uh, that just it, legacy, it makes me sad. Everything me. you just said makes me sad. All the more reason <laughs> to check out. I have been pwned, and make sure you at least can maximize <laughs> yep. if whatever institution you're using. Make sure you can make it as good as possible. That's all, man. You know the the I have been pwned too, and I just lost the article. I don't know where it went. It was at my fingertips, but apparently the FBI is automatically updating uh, I have been pwned's database um, when it when it finds breaches. So that's that's actually pretty slick. So any uh, any incident that they have purview into, they are dumping into I have been pwned, making it even more valuable. I, they were probably doing that before, but now they're they're state stating it outright. Uh, that is cool. It's um, you mentioned breaches, by the way, which we can't have a show without at least one security mentioned article. Because you can't have a day without a security a breach problem. <laughs> I know. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Microsoft warns of sophisticated Russian email attack targeting government agencies. Saw it ugly. Yeah. And they're saying it's the same group that did the solar wind supply yeah. chain attack. So uh, state-backed Russia is is the uh, believed. Um, backer of this group and uh, significant um, access. Not not pretty. Uh, it says targeting around three thousand email accounts over across over one hundred and fifty organizations. It's that's a bad insane. look. I hate it. I hate everything. Yeah, about it's it. uh, man. That's we've talked about it a thousand times at this point because and there will be another as one. As tongue in cheek as it was, 
I, I do think daily we have major, major issues. Uh, and that's just the one showing up in the news. For, for everyone that shows up in the news, there's, there's one that doesn't or probably 100 that don't, right? I mean, I probably get a notification in my email every day about, oh, in 1992, we had a breach. <laughs> it's, prob- Great, it's probably our uh, government agencies relying on banking two-factor authentication using SMS <laughs> that's causing all of these freaking problems. It's unbelievable. Absolutely oh, unbelievable. Terrible. But, you know, terrible. It's another day. There's another breach. Uh, some people made some money. Uh, some people are making NFTs. Uh, Crypto is going to save the, save the, the day. House, housing market industry for sure from these. Yeah. I, well, I don't, let's systems. let's just roll it all together. I think let's let's see if we can get uh, you know two percent rates on million dollar loans. Uh, nothing down, obviously, <clears throat> just like a house apparently. Um, and buy Bitcoin yeah. with it. Oh, is that not the, what people are doing? No, I think they should be doing that. Well, yeah, they should be for sure. That's that's the obvious right thing that you should be doing. I am doing. not a financial <laughs> advisor. Uh, this podcast does not have any financial advisors <laughs> on it and does not give financial advice, just to uh, make right. a blanket statement. John, would you like to add to any of the disclaimers? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I am uh I am I am not a CFA. I'm uh I'm just a random person who occasionally reads some things. So that's right. That's right. Man, speaking of which, though, it, it's a pity. And uh, it would be fun to do an episode of the lay approach to financial fitness and just not being an idiot with your dollars. Uh, maybe that's what we call the segment. And even though we're not CFAs, uh, I am regularly surprised and saddened by how poor financial intelligence is, especially in the United States. Like People have terrible baselines. I think you have to go uh, out of your way to learn it. I mean, I don't you do, think, you do, yeah, which is which is what's problem. so sad. Yeah, it's like okay. So if you're you're, lazy, you're relying, just subscribe to like Reddit or personal finance, and you're going to get like eighty percent of what you probably need to know oh. as a wiki. Um, now, do do financial independence. It's a far more structured and useful, in my opinion. Personal finance. Fire people I, get really weird, evolved. Tyler. Fire people get really weird. No, oh, I didn't like, say fire. Don't go straight to fire. The the financial independence or personal finance. Personal finance. No, one of guys, one of them I have found is much worse than the other ones. So it. there's, I think it's, I think it's financial independence is good. Personal finance started to get weird. Like there's a lot of bad advice in that. Guys, the wiki's probably still strong. Guys, we are <laughs> we are directing people to Reddit to improve <laughs> their financial literacy. Hey, it might that be better than their parents. And it's yeah, certainly no, better than what they got in school. Don't listen to your parents. That is actually like the leading like stuff parents I've heard say. Like, yeah, if you can't afford it, just finance it. It's fine. Like, you know, um, stocks are risky. You should only invest in bonds. Says someone. Yeah, we make we 80s. make jokes uh, about the the stock market being a casino, but my goodness, you you can't just put your cash under your bed. Like stuffing your mattress is not a financial decision. Uh, what about hey, your Tyler, not I'm going to work for the, a company for 15 years and just hold all the RSUs <laughs> yeah, and never sell that. them, right? Sure. That's, that's 90% of to... my portfolio is in a single company. And, and my employer, actually, more importantly. <laughs> it was just, even let's, better. Let's concentrate that risk. <laughs> um, uh, what's, what's funny about this is that I, I have, for a very long time, basically just been against financial managers, right? I, I like <clears> keeping my the cost of managing money very low. That's that's one of my sort of tenets when I'm looking at my Tyler doesn't want to pay someone 1% to uh, not hit the sell button. Ty- Tyler's Basically, time is not worth 
uh, anything. It's basically but what that, I'm saying. See, no, the, the thing is, like from my perspective, all a financial advisor is really doing for you, especially if you're heavily invested in ETFs because they are managed, right? They're they're either following market weight, they're, they keep cash on hand in your ETFs so they can buy when the market moves, stuff like that. That's how that's how funds work, right? That all a financial manager is doing for most people is making sure they don't do something stupid and emotional when the market usually on the downside, right? But for the longest time, that just offended me because it's <laughs> not that hard to not sell when things go bad. Oh no, no, so no. I thought. Oh no, most no, people, no. most people freak the ass and they sell. Their mind. What did what so, did you do in March of 2020? Is what you have to ask yourself. I did rebalanced you sell my portfolio. Going into the down. <laughs> so you should pay someone one percent. If you sold your bonds and bought more stocks, that's like me. Some champs that's over me. Here, you, you 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 might not need an advisor. Like no, it and that was the thing is like I literally hit a button that rebalanced it, and then I decided that I don't like bonds in my portfolio at all. And I did all yeah, of this in no, like March or April, and it it paid dividends. But but that's what what I was getting at is like I have. I have been offended by the idea of paying somebody 1% of your portfolio or two or three because it gets up there really fast, right? Um, because the total cost of that management over time is actually substantial, right? If, if they charge you 3% of your portfolio today in 20 years, that's a lot of dollars depending on oh, the regardless of how special, many you have. They invest in the special funds that have higher fees so they can get right. kickbacks, which I don't right. know how that's legal. Right. We'll do an episode but, on time value of money for everyone. Yes. To, these, okay. these are concepts like compounding interest seems to whoosh on a lot of people. Time value of money, like it sounds, I think some people hear that and they get so scared of how complex the math is that they just walk away. But but I'm realizing like- Show them real complex math. And maybe it'll make the, them feel better. So many people actually need somebody to just prevent them from doing something stupid. And like- and I get it. So it's like, I can't not like, if you are going to see the market cut itself in half and your response is, oh no, it's down sell, then just go pay somebody a percent of your portfolio to make sure that you can't. <laughs> right. I think, I like, think that I, is the most sound financial advice on a podcast that does not provide financial <laughs> advice that I've heard so far. And I think with that, it's probably time that I we think shut so. it down. I think so. So that's going to do it for oh another my. episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast and a Financial Friday episode with John Nicholson. Thank you, John, for, for joining you. us today. Any any final words for the for the people out there? So the on, on let's let's land this plane on a on a personal finance note. Um, we can talk about investment strategies. We can talk about controlling costs, but the real secret is just make more money. Like, yeah, that's right. Know what you're worth. Brilliant. Go do that. Reevaluate jobs. I've got a blog. You can put it in the show notes. It's over at thenicholson.com. So you're thinking about taking an offer. It goes through all of the different things to review when you're looking at new jobs, which I know a lot of people are moving right now as COVID comes, you know, comes to an end here in the US. Um, looking at new places to land. Yep. Make sure, make sure you're you're leveling up. So 25% of people are are considering a move right now, according to an article I saw earlier this week, researching return to work or return to the office. So uh, I will put that blog in the show notes. Uh, and otherwise, thank you for, for listening. Uh, share the podcast, like it, tell your friends. Uh, maybe it sounds like you need to tell your parents. Um, they can join in for the financial Fridays for us because maybe that's <laughs> beneficial for them as well. I'm not sure. Uh, it does It does matter uh, your age as to what moves you do make. Another thing in the market to sort of consider. Uh, however, that'll do it for another episode. And until then, we'll see you next time. Later. Peace.